Hello, I'm Gemma Kearney and this is Sorry Not Sorry brought to you by Galaxy Chocolate, a podcast helping you take the time to actively choose pleasure. Finding quality time for ourselves is so important for our overall well-being, so we want to do something about it. Together we're empowering the next generation of women to choose more pleasure than the last. According to research commissioned by Galaxy Chocolate, a quarter of Brits have admitted they're simply too busy to enjoy themselves as much as they'd like. And 18 to 34-year-olds rank themselves the lowest with regards to happiness at just 5.9 out of 10. Not good enough as far as we're concerned. And in this second series, we speak to even more inspiring guests to get their take on how they find time and what they do with it. This week, I'm joined by Sean, otherwise known as Travel Mad Dad, who blogs, vlogs and documents his family life as he travels the world with his wife and young children. Sean, lovely to have you on the show. Thank you. Would you like some chocolate from my Galaxy Chocolate Hamper? Yes, please. Because why not? Seeing as we are in a zone of pleasure, what are you going to go for? I have the Galaxy Ripple. Oh, yeah. Delish. I'm going to have the truffle. Don't worry, it's not really be munch on the mic. It's all good. We can relax here. So you run an amazing blog, which is, quite frankly, maddening in terms of all the different places that you've been with your family. When did you decide to start the blog? We unintentionally found out that we were pregnant with our first little girl and we had lots of travel plans booked and paid for and we after a lot of deliberating we decided that we were just going to carry on rather than lose out on all the money that we'd paid for and the and the big holiday experience we just decided to crack on yeah (laughs) basically wow did it take a long time to come to that decision i think after the initial shock of finding out that we were going to have a baby which lasted for a good three or four days. Yeah. Given we're sort of on holiday at the time. <laughs> you like your holidays, don't you? <clears throat> we're actually at, at my parents' house Okay. in New Zealand. We were back there just spending time with family. There was a few telltale signs that were leading up to this, <laughs> to be honest. Um, Karen just started bawling her eyes out and watching a movie on the plane. Um, that happens to us all, pregnant or not yeah, pregnant, trust me. It was quite unusual. I was like, oh, this just doesn't really add up. A few other things and then, yeah, finally we uh, had to do a test and, yeah, that was, the, that was the answer. And what did you have booked and planned at that particular point? Because it's such a huge life change, obviously, like bringing life into the world. But you were, you know, obviously on this kind of amazing, adventurous, romantic flex. What did you have set out ahead of you already? We were going to um, Singapore, Indonesia, Bali, obviously New Zealand and Australia. Yeah. Um, Taiwan, <laughs> Vietnam. Not your usual kind of countries that you go to with a newborn for a holiday, but there you go. Was there a part of you <clears throat> that thought, OK, now we just need to nest and to be a bit more conventional? I think Karen definitely went through that. As a, as a woman, you know, which is fair enough. For me, it was kind of coming towards an end of a very hectic few years because we just finished renovating a house that we'd bought mm-hmm. after we got together because I'm a builder by trade. So 
I did it all myself. And then we were planning on going on this holiday, you know, once we'd done this, renting the place out and then just, just kind of having a chill because it's been such a difficult year. In my mind, I was just like, oh, we just got to go. Let's just go. But Karen was definitely <laughs> looking at, like, as much as she wanted to go at, at the same time, struggling to, like, with the urge of just wanting to settle down, you know, and nest. Yeah. As you said, yeah. And then when did the blog come into it? When did you decide to document it? And did that help motivate the whole trip in its own right? By the time we got to New Zealand, Karen started doing the blog just as a something to kind of keep her mind active, to be honest. It yeah. was never set out to be anything to what the extent it is now. Also just keeping friends and family from, obviously we're from both different sides of the world, keeping everyone in the loaf of what we're doing and, you know, photos and things like that. It was sort of halfway through the trip. I think we were in Cambodia. With a baby? Yeah. So we left with Esme when she was 11 weeks old. Wow. That was, so our first stop was, where, where did we stop? Singapore. So cool. Yeah, Singapore, I think. Yeah. So it all kicked off when people started seeing our photos on Instagram, I think. And then we had a, a call from one of, one of the papers. Yeah. And they wanted to do an interview about what we were doing. And then I think somebody ran an article online and we went viral. So we were just bombarded with calls. This poor little hostel hotel we were staying with, the the little man who was running the desk spent his whole night running like his telephone to us. And we were like, what's going on? This is crazy. And that was it. Unbelievable. Yeah. It just happened. Nobody could really get their head around of what we were doing with a newborn. Mater- spending your maternity leave, basically, doing that. Yeah. And at that point, what were you getting from it as a new family? Getting used to having a new person in your Yeah, that's it. It, it was just in your life. It was just amazing not having any pressure of normal life. We were just on holiday, you know, learning to become a mum and dad really with this new little person in our life. So it was pretty special. No outside drama, you know, like most most parents, either the, the mother or dad, they need to go straight back to work, really, don't they? It was really nice to just both of us be there 100% for those early, you know, early years. Mm, and did you get outside help? Maybe not in the ways that you would have expected always culturally because people are people and we're all amazing and nurturing, but I guess you must have learned some stuff from different parts of the world too. Yeah, definitely. So... Through Asia, they are so friendly, especially with little children. Yeah. And Esme is like this really pretty little blue-eyed, blonde-haired little girl, you know, at that stage. And everyone just wanted to pick her up and, like, hold her. So we'd, it was really nice because we'd get to enjoy, like, a meal. Yeah. And the, the waitress or waiter would just, like, be happy to hold her and just they're all, like, playing. So it was, it was pretty cool. There was a lot of babysitters on hand. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And were there any moments where you just really sought the comfort of more familiar ground? I guess sometimes it's it'd be nice to have some family there. We've kind of got used to that situation because uh, my wife's from Ireland and I'm from New Zealand and we live in London. Mm-hmm. So we're pretty much on our own and we just kind of have learnt to deal with everything ourselves. Like we miss, miss having family to help out. I mean, it's, it's so important. But I guess that is so modern, really, isn't it? There's going to be so many people listening, trying to navigate the idea of a new family if you haven't got your actual blood relations near. Yeah. You're trying to reach out within what's around you and your community, whether that's in Cambodia or uh, on a council estate or, you know, would you have any advice, particularly for men, 
in asking like for help as a new dad? Talking from my experience, I think it just comes naturally, really. With the situation that we're in, I think it massively helped in terms of building a relationship with my daughter because I was there the entire time. Yeah. So it's basically 50-50 parenting, you know, and a lot of times it's not like that. So I And think that was that because was, you were away. Yeah. Yeah. What is your next adventure, Sean? So we're currently renovating this giant American RV that I bought off eBay. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> which we are going to drive to New Zealand from London. How? We're going to go as far as we can overland. Our kind of route keeps changing due to political and things like this. So by the time we get down to towards Asia, we're going to then ship it probably to Australia then drive across Australia then ship it again to New Zealand. And how are the kids feeling about this? Are they excited or are they too young to really take it in? Oh, no, they're excited. They're like, I mean, Quinn's just excited about everything. So he's, you know... He's excited about going into the garden. So, like, he's he's cool. Esme's a little bit more... She's just being at that age. She's going to miss her bedroom, but that's what we're doing at the moment. Just trying to make it more homely for her, putting all her favourite things in it. Amazing. So it literally is going to be a portable home. Yeah. Like, it's not small, which is quite daunting. Like, I've never driven something this... It's basically the size of a bus. Wow. Um, it's 10 metres long. In amongst all this, how do you find time to relax? What is your pleasure? Is it being with the family and being really intrepid or are there other things that you do to kick back? I think naturally the intrepidness side of things is a relaxing thing for us. It's kind of our norm, taking a break and just going and exploring a new culture or a new new place, like just going for walks on a beach or something or just, you know, like taking time out. I'm not really a big city person. And I've lived in London for 12 years, so, like, I'm craving that New Zealand vibe that I grew up with, you know, beach life, complete, relaxed lifestyle. And how do you marry that as such with having to live it all out online? Does it make you feel a pressure to always be posting? Yes and no. We're trying to cut back doing so much advertising things of you know rather than we'd rather just live in the moment i think that's what's going to be so important about this trip it's just going to be living in the moment rather than being told you know do this or take this photo which is going to be really nice because we've done lots of things in the past where it's like that and it's not really the same is it it's just like enjoying it and then capturing the moment and are there different ways that you tell the story do you, are you going to be filming and taking pictures or live streaming like is there any plan to that side of things not really we'll just take it as we come I, I make quite a lot of videos yeah I haven't made any in a while because of obviously all of the hectic things that were going on just haven't had the time but definitely like as we go through each country you know I'll make a little video of each scenario or place we go through we're going to be working with quite a few tourism boards as well so they can like uh, show us things to do and then we can promote each area as, as we go through you know and what about the personality of your little ones do you think that their their vibe their their enjoyment is um is kind of inspired by traveling the world yeah definitely i think with esme she is such a confident outgoing little thing and she's never really had the choice of not being like that because of what she's been exposed to new faces every day people smiling people interacting with her she's never been shy Mm. like you can just put her in a room with random people and she'll just be talking to them so i'm pretty confident that's down to you know the experiences that we've given her 
So we read on your blog that Esme loves ziplining and we were talking about how much she loves space. Yeah. Are you able to create those moments in real life when you're traveling? Have you been on any magical ziplining experiences or been able to see the stars beyond what you would see here? We've got some pretty unreal footage of Karen ziplining with Esme on her back. Whoa. Over this huge, enormous like gorge it was so high I'm quite an adventure person I was like well I don't know about that and Esme was like up there already queuing up to do it and she was like two and a half three three years old were you nervous (laughs) yeah yeah I was a little bit nervous (laughs) yeah yeah. but it was just I was just ah so proud of it so awesome look at this little human being we've made and she's just an adrenaline junkie (laughs) (laughs) incredible yeah there's been lots of things like that, to be honest, but she, that was one that stands out. I was just like, oh my gosh, did she just do that? <gasps> wow. Yeah. It's budgeting hard. Well, I, we've been very lucky. Mm. I mean, that first, you know, thing we'd already planned, we, we'd saved up to do that. Yeah. You know, and then obviously with her coming along, that didn't cost anything to bring her. Yeah. So you see. And then obviously the blog came about and we've been very lucky with sort of trips. Um, it's changed up a bit because you can, it's become a bit more of a career, I guess, yeah, a bit more. Yeah, it has totally. Um, been able to see some amazing, amazing places of the world, you know, been safari in Kenya and Machu Picchu at sunset, you know, mm. all these clouds coming in around us with the kids up there. There was no one else up there with kids. Yeah. Especially, like, Quinn's age. Yeah, yeah. And people were just like, how did you take children up there? What about the um, altitude sickness? It's just, no, just, it's fine. Well, children are stronger than us, aren't they? They're so resilient. Yeah. So resilient. Like, and they're just so... Change doesn't really affect them. That what we've found they're so you know adjustable they just yeah go off the floor and yeah they're much stronger than you think and then what do you do in terms of uh, enjoyment on stuff like this because obviously that changes with regards to age wherever you are in the world do you take sports stuff with you do you have games is that you know do you have devices like what are the points of fun on this giant RV that you're going to take across the planet most of the time whenever we get to places we're going to be busy like just exploring getting out there you know they love doing being active and do you eat everything or are you going to be taking special foods? So my wife, Karen, and the kids are actually vegan. And I've just done veganery. I think they're going to struggle in some of the places that we go, go through. So I've, I have mentioned that to her. <laughs> it's like, what are you planning on doing? Do you think that you become more environmental if you travel a lot? Well, that's sort of a, something that we're struggling with at the moment. Obviously, being travel bloggers and traveling and obviously flying, it's like all terrible. And we're really, really conscious of that fact now. And that was also one of the decisions that kind of thought, hey, what would be more sort of eco-friendly to do? Drive to New Zealand. Drive. (laughs) I mean, we've got a completely off-grid motorhome, solar panels, everything's renewable. So we're doing a step in the right direction, I guess. Yeah, I think we're all at that stage, aren't we? In terms of humankind, we're trying to rectify many, many, many years of of stuff that's happened and it's not down to one particular person or one particular choice, but it's really good to be bold and to to try and change things up. And that is a really incredible thing to do. Yeah. 
So some would say that travelling with really little ones isn't actually as difficult as when they get a bit older because obviously a lot of babies are feeding off their mum and you can take a kid for free when they're in arms on a plane. Would you advocate for that? Totally. I think because um, Karen's Karen breastfed both of our children. Chocolate is being eaten by the Sorry. way. Sorry, yeah, just finishing it's, that it's off. totally allowed. Um, the game is, yeah. Just traveling through all these places, like just through breastfeeding, like they get all of the nutrients, all of the all of the kind of the stuff that they need, the, the food, stuff they the need, stuff, like, like everything, um, the protection through through that yeah. is a very important thing. And there's a lot of times where like they may have got sick, but they they were covered. You know, I think that's a yeah yeah. It's yeah. not really sign. I don't know if it's scientifically proven, but we're a massive believer in that. Mm-hmm. And traveling as well on planes, just you can actually take a baby in arms for free. Right? Yeah, babies are easy, man. Babies are so easy to travel with. It's a different story now, I think. That's why it's going to be interesting this next trip because they're, you know, they're walking, they're talking, they've got their own attitudes, their own <laughs> minds and whatnot. Has there been anything that's gone wrong and you've got yourself out of it so that we can all learn from you navigating a problem whilst travelling as a family? So when Quinn came along and we actually did another massive trip, we did the Pan American Highway when Quinn was nine weeks old. Because we'd done it with Esme, and it was just like, oh, we'll just, you know, what, what's, we'll do it again. We'll do something like that again. And we actually hired this little van um, to, to stay in. It was just like a little thing, and with the three of us in it, and it was so cosy in there. Like, we just had bags all around us and now sleeping. But it was so unreal, and it was just <laughs> another, like, bonding thing, you know. I think, it, I think that's just why we have such an amazing relationship with our kids because created an actual cocoon yeah yeah and do they get on or do they bicker at all uh no they're they're pretty good they're an amazing little relationship those two to be honest they you know bickering natural bickering between a brother and sister but they're they're best mates you know because you're gonna need that really aren't you yeah they they are they literally just entertain each other which is we're really lucky to be honest so You've been known to give tips in terms of loss of routine because obviously travelling means jet lag, different types of food, etc. Do you have actual tips as to how to get a family through different time zones? We've had to deal with like probably the worst jet lag, having to fly 24 hours, you know. Um, New Zealand's the complete 12 hours time change. There's no way around it. You just need to ride it out. I mean, there's people say there's things that you can do. It's literally you just need to you just need to get roll with it. Unfortunately, and what does that mean? Sleeping at specific times, or just sleeping whenever you can, and and sitting it out. I think I out? think you need to when in terms of jet lag, you just need to try and push yourself as far as you can until you have to go to sleep. Yeah, that's just through experience, and then it's just a, a, a gradual process that you wear out. When we go that far. It takes almost like three or four days to yeah okay. to come right, and like it's just means you're awake in the middle of the night and then you're tired in the middle of the day for a few days. Because so. when you are a parent, it's easy to really use routine to your advantage. But if you've decided, as you have, to really like not necessarily 
cling on to routine as the main way of parenting. Yeah. Anything can happen. Yeah, we've kind of bucked the trend really on on uh, routine, to be yeah. honest. We've never had a routine, ever. <laughs> like, and whatever routine we had, we've just kind of thrown it out the window. <laughs> Do you so get enough sleep? Both our kids are quite um, difficult sleepers. So we've got to the stage now that they're, they're good. They sleep good now. Yeah, it's cool. We still co-sleep with Quinn. Down to the fact that when we got back from our last big trip, we just didn't have space for him to have his own room, mm-hmm. which we're starting to kind of ruin now because he's he's going to be very difficult to get out of our bed. <laughs> Living the dream. They are living the dream. This is what the bus is about. This is this new... We've told him, Quinn, once we go in there, mate, that bed, you're out of the bed. That bunk bed's yours. How long is the trip going to take? We don't have a time scale on it. We don't want to rush it, you know. It's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. We're not going to be doing it again. And it's going to take a year or more. And what is the ideal family day? Something that everyone just can enjoy equally and together really like the beach just something simple like that swimming swimming in the ocean like lying on the beach going for a walk have you got any insider tips as to what really goes down on the beach like do you bury each other do you make sandcastles what's the vibe my kids grew up in the water because we spent the first year kind of of Esme's life in New Zealand and that completely just like dominated her love for the ocean and swimming and stuff so like she lives for that now. Have you got any unforgettable weird or wonderful memories from your travels as a family? Bali with Esme when she was probably a couple of months old and we were in the monkey monkey sanctuary in Ubud and I think a lot of people kind of avoid that place now because of stories and things that occur in there but like so we we walked in there unbeknown to this situation anyway we felt this little newborn baby basically I had this banana which this lady gave to me (laughs) to get a photo of this monkey right and it jumped on me Oh, man. And then, like, I was sort of, like, backing away of this thing on me, flailing my arms and whatnot, and then um, it leapt across onto Karen and then sat on on Esme's head. <laughs> and they've got this photo of this monkey sitting on, it, like, Esme's head, and Karen's, like, screaming next to her, and Esme's just like, ah! Oh, that's like Naughty a, monkey! Yeah, yeah. I guess we've done a lot of crazy stuff. And, like, there's a lot of places we've been and situations we've got ourselves into that could have gone a lot worse. Yeah, we came out unscathed. What is the driving force in terms of going back to New Zealand and taking both of your kids there? I guess my childhood growing up there, you don't realise it at the time, but it's just such a natural, naturally beautiful place. A beach is never more than maybe half an hour's drive and then you can be in the mountains in an hour sort of thing and then back to the ocean in the same time. That's just simple. Simple things like that I think are so important and kind of shape the person who I am now, I think. I don't want my kids to miss out on that either, you know. And were you drawn by the city, though, when you first moved here? Was that really exciting, having come from the countryside and nature? I I moved over here with just a bunch of mates from school um, to party. (laughs) 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 To party and travel, because New Zealand's, like, so out on its own down there at the bottom of the world kind of thing. So London's a great hub to see the world. Do you have a top three tips to surviving being an explorer of the world? Um, I think you need to be a pretty relaxed 
broad-shouldered, I guess. Keep a cool hat? Yeah, like that sort of thing, yeah, I think. Yeah. Because doing th- trips like that, there's always going to be times where, you know, it's it's pretty stressful. Things could turn nasty or dangerous pretty quickly. You just got to keep composure and just carry on, you know. And trust your instincts. Trust well. your instincts. Don't Don't stress out. Take a deep breath and say, all right, what should I do now? Have you got any tips for surviving having a family? <laughs> the hardest, biggest adventure of all. I think as a man, it's really important to be there 50-50 with your partner in helping out. Yeah. I've kind of been there for both of my kids since they've been born. Primarily, a lot of the time, being the sole kind of caregiver because my wife's a nurse. So she does 12-hour shifts. Mm -hmm. So I know what it's like, you know, like up in the middle of the night and all of that drama, I've done it. So I know how hard a work it is to be a mum. Yeah. So I feel like it's really important to be there and, you know, experience that. And you get more of an idea. I was like, okay, it's really hard work, but the reward is unreal. Do you have to time manage better than before? Yeah, totally. I mean, we homeschool Esme, so we've got two kids under the age of five at home all the time. Um, time management is a massive, massive <laughs> thing you got to get right. Like, What do you think is one of the biggest highs? You mentioned the rewards. Like what? Is it that moment where you're all watching a film together or you're giggling? I mean, what are those moments? What do they look like? I think they're kind of like developmental things in, in the kids. Like as they as they get older, like milestones and things like that. You ne- you never even consider things like that before you have children, but they're so important. You know, learning to walk, things like that. That's mm. just like mind blowing, and the enjoyment that brings to everyone. Yeah. In that moment, watching Esme walk this one time in this hotel. She just got up and walked across this lobby, and I was like, just screaming. Like, <laughs> everyone's just looking at me, who's this freak? And it was, you know, it's just so emotional just watching things like that. It's just, yeah, unreal. And what do you see the future as in terms of like the next 10 years? I think the living in the moment is a very important thing, statement. Being present for them. Everything we're doing at the moment, we're striving to get to that point. You know, there's a goal. It's important to have goals. And as hard as life seems at the moment, like that goal is going to be so rewarding when we get there. And what about staying connected? Because you must be making new friends all of the time rather than having your base of friends around you. How do you seek pleasure when you don't really know the communities that you're coming across beforehand? It's difficult. I mean, you do form friendships along the way, but they're very limited. Do you meet other families travelling as well? Yeah, yeah, we do. We we meet a lot through our kind of following. People reach out and we're quite happy just to meet up with other families who have, you know, doing the same sort of thing. It's quite a bizarre situation because they know all about us. <laughs> and we got no idea about them. Like You didn't well. expect to go viral that evening, did you? No, not at all. No. <laughs> No. You were just doing your crazy thing, and then that happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't expect that when you're just going on a really big trip and you've never done anything like that, and that overnight everyone to be interested as, as to why and what your motivations are. Yeah, what's so special about what we're doing, you know, but it's obviously like a lot of people would not dream of doing that. Taking an 11-week-old baby, we went away with one backpack with a newborn baby between three of us. 
Did people look at you strangely? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Some of the places you were in, like, what are you doing here? Like, why not? Yeah. Where were those places? Uh, Central, Central America, South America. Yeah. There's some places just like, wow, it's adventure, isn't it? It's, yes, it's it living. Is. Yes, it opens it is. your eyes. And it does require an element of bravery, especially with children, though. It's another another realm because I travel a lot and I love that. I do that. I pride myself on it. And people go, wow, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. You know, you've been there because some places get a bad rep in the news, etc. Yeah. But I can't imagine what that would be like with the add-on of taking a family there in terms of people worrying about you. Yeah, yeah. People must. When we set out on some of these trips, they're like, oh, we're not really happy about you doing this sort of thing. Which is fair enough, you know, just just worried. But then we got a lot of backlash. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. It's the first time when a story got out about Karen taking a newborn on... It's a, her maternity time, you know. Yeah. She just went travelling yeah. with a newborn and people were like, oh, I shouldn't be doing that, you know. But why not? Like, it's yeah. like the most bonding, like, one-on-one time you could be doing. And people have been moving from place to place and around the globe for the history of time with babies, with families. Yeah, yeah. And human nature is human nature Yeah. in terms of people want to protect children wherever yeah. you go. Yeah, I mean, there's just some of the comments, I just laugh at them, you know. There's like, oh, why are you taking, you shouldn't have children there. And I'm like, my answer to that is there's, there's children there already. Like, yeah. there's kids everywhere here. Like, yeah. what do you mean? Like, So if you had a mate that was like, I would love to go on an expedition like you have, but it's just too stressful. We're, we're getting cold feet. I'm not sure. We've sat around and dreamt about it, but we're not sure to do it. What would you say to them? You need to say, uh, come on, just take the plunge. You won't regret it. It's all very well being afraid to do it, but you won't regret it. And you don't regret it at all, do you? No, not at all. No. Yeah. So I guess the magical times outweigh Anything that feels a bit scary or a bit unknown. Oh, you forget about those moments almost instantly. You, you never remember the the tough times. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you don't. They, they just, you forget. Okay, Sean, one last question. I am giving you an hour to unapologetically do whatever you want. After all, pleasure is a fundamental need to be celebrated. What are you going to do with that hour? Choose your pleasure. It can be anything at all. We will not judge you. It's been a long time. I would love to spend that hour just paddling out, going for a surf, and it's like perfect. It's a beautiful day, hot, no dramas. That would just completely (laughs) be ace. All right, you can do it. I'm giving it to you. Thank you so much, Sean, for joining us today. It's been fascinating chatting to you, and thank you to everyone listening. I feel like you might have ignited the wanderlust within us all, regardless of your family situation. Perhaps sometimes it's about thinking outside the box, not being so conventional, and think about what that means in terms of all over the planet. There are kids everywhere and lots of people raising them. So, Sean, you are an inspiration, and good luck on driving to New Zealand, you nutter. (laughs) 
If you enjoyed it, please subscribe for more incredible episodes brought to you by Galaxy Chocolate. And if you're feeling particularly generous, give us five stars. It's very much appreciated. This is Sorry Not Sorry, brought to you by Galaxy Chocolate, of course. Until next time, make sure that you find yourself that hour, perhaps go surfing or at least eat some chocolate. Just choose pleasure. <laughs>